LinkedIn News. Hey there, it's Dan Roth, LinkedIn's Editor-in-Chief. Welcome to This Is Quick, where we ask our This Is Working guests pointed questions about their own best practices. Today, we're hearing from one of Giant Spoon's co-founders, John Haber. Now, if you don't know Giant Spoon, you have probably seen their work. They're the creative agency known for some really cool marketing stunts, like when they brought HBO's Westworld to life at South by Southwest, or when they projected the upside down from Netflix's Stranger Things under the Empire State Building. If you haven't seen these stunts, go check them out. They're really cool. We'll kick things off in just a minute. Stick around. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Here's John. Other than your phone, is there something that you always have with you that you kind of can't start your business day without or can't go into a meeting without? Well, the, the new thing is ChatGPT. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I think I'm starting to annoy people because I'm going on ChatGPT and finding like in-depth analysis of things that we're talking about in real time mm-hmm. on meetings and posting it into the chat. People want to stop that. So, so yeah, no, I'm pretty, pretty obsessed with it, and I think it's not only changing the way we all work, but like for me specifically, it's changing a lot of ways that I work on a day-to-day basis. What's one thing that you do that helps you stay productive? I have a chronic procrastination problem. So I've learned that when I don't feel like doing something, that the best thing to do is just go sit on a couch or on a chair quietly and bore myself. Not look at my phone, not look at the TV, not do anything. And then until I get so bored that all I want to do is go do the work that I've been putting off. Do you lock your phone away? How do you make sure that you're not I put it away from me, yeah. Because I I also have a TikTok habit. So that is the worst thing for a person who's prone to procrastinating is to go on TikTok. What are some ways that you can overcome a creative slump? Getting out into the world and doing things. I have been trying to do more and more things that I would not have otherwise done. I took up mountain biking, which is why I have a wrist brace on. Uh, I'm starting to learn to play the piano. I'm not musically inclined, but I thought that that would be something interesting and new and like learning a new skill from scratch that's really hard. And that whole process would get my brain back into that childlike mode of like learning and creating and failing and not being good at something and having a goal of something to look forward to. So I'm always trying to find new hobbies like that. How can people effectively navigate feedback on their creative work? The CCO of our agency likes to say that he um, is numb to all emotion. <laughs> I don't think that's so that the way the to go. <laughs> but I do think having a broad perspective of where notes come from and why we're being creative for a purpose, not just for um, you know the art of it. So I think if you keep in mind this, the notes come from a place of like doing good business and not a judgment on your quality as a creative person and have that separation, it'll help you take those notes a little bit. It's so hard though, right? It's so personal. I mean, I feel like you're digging from something inside to come up with some creative idea and then someone just comes in and says, oh no, let's do it this other way. Or I don't like that, that's a bad idea. I I think, and this probably goes more to the numbing, but like over time you get, just get used to that. (laughs) So I think that perspective comes with time, but I would say for maybe a younger person to like know that you will have the perspective that this isn't necessarily about you. And once you've gotten enough notes, notes are just are just notes. Do you do one-on-ones with your team? Yeah. Is there anything about a one-on-one that will make you want to end it early? And what about a one-on-one will make you want to extend it? 
I get really insecure when people look at me with a blank face. <laughs> so you just feel like you got to fill the void. Yeah, or like I, I, they may just be nervous. Yeah. But if their face is blank, then I'm like, I'm not being interesting. I'm not being helpful. And like I spin in my head, so like <laughs> that makes me wanna wanna end it. And like I forget that there's something that comes with that when I'm wanna, having a one on one with someone who might be more junior. And I try to be conscious of that. So if they are nervous, like that is okay. But. I think the thing that makes it engaging and will hopefully have people get more out of those one-on-ones is for people to tell their story. Hmm. I like to know, how do they get into the business? Did they feel like they were creative when they were young? Was there some commercial they saw? What was their first job? I feel like that's how I can really see them and then probably be more helpful. Any mistake you've made along the way in your career that you now look at as a life lesson? Yeah, one of my first job interviews after dropping out of law school was with William Morris. And I showed up to the interview with their sort of what I found out later, storied head of HR, and I didn't know anything about the company. And she sort of like humiliated me in the room, which may not, I'm not suggesting anyone do that, but I, it did give me a sense of like to be, to be prepared right. um, and to think ahead. And like the other people who showed up for those interviews had read the books. So I think really having a sense, the broader sense of the industry, the world, the company, the people, and having that perspective will serve you well in whatever room you walk into. If someone came to you and asked how to do what you're doing, what career advice do you give? For me, it's don't follow your dream, follow what you're good at. Hmm. And don't be precious about it. Start somewhere, have a perspective of the industry you're in, know where it's going, and then find ways to move your skill sets along with what the industry needs. And you'll continue to sort of become differentiated and grow and get new opportunities. What do you mean don't be precious about it? What have you seen that makes you say that? The world is not going to give you access to your dream and they're not and your dream may evolve from your experiences. Unless you are like a prodigy musician or singer and your dream is really clear, I think that you have to be able to sort of say this is my dream but what I'm good at is a little bit different. You know, there's a lot of people in advertising who probably wanted to write movies but they ended up being really good at telling shorter stories and like stories that serve business results. And like they found a really fulfilling career in that. And that dream is different than the dream that they originally set out on. So I think your, your talent and what the world sees in you should sometimes help you evolve your dream to what is going to be fulfilling for you because you're good at it. That's interesting. What's one thing you've learned from someone you've worked with that has changed your career and how did you implement it? Perspective versus perception. I think perception is kind of how you see the world and through your own sort of lens of all your experiences and perspective is the ability to see it through other people's eyes and put yourself in other people's shoes. And I think putting yourself in other people's shoes is a, is a powerful tool, especially for me as a marketer in the shoes of the audience that we're talking to, in the shoes of the client who is answering to a whole other set of people and constraints than, than we're answering to. So I, I think that's something to really nurture is your, the ability to see the world through other people's eyes. Last question, what was your biggest aha moment in your career so far and what led to that moment? I think that being naive can work for you. Because yeah. I, I think early in my career, I was working at big agencies where you would walk into a room with some of Fortune 100 brands and super experienced marketers. And it's really scary to say an idea into a room of people who you feel like have a million more years experience than you do. And there's something to be said for, you know, understanding the knowledge that the people around you have, but finding the right people who will listen to you and letting your naive 
inclinations of what it might be possible come out and use that as sort of your power is that for me early in my career that that made a big difference for me and helped me leap forward a few times. All right, let me flip that for one second too. How do you, when you were more senior in your career, stop from being the guy, the person who blocks the naivety? First of all, kindness. Uh -huh. I think one of the values that we try to instill in the company is like, if for whatever reason people leave or don't work out at our company, they look back at this as one of the most kind places that they've worked, and we actually will see that in exit interviews. And I think that sense of kindness reduces people's fear. Hmm. And saying something naive, that may be bad. You know, not naive doesn't mean it's always going to be good. It may be bad. But the safety to say the bad thing and have people kind of think about it and analyze it and yes and it and celebrate you for, for saying something. Um, and then maybe, just maybe, one of your naive notions will turn into something meaningful and powerful. I think that if that's communicated on a regular basis, it creates a culture of collaboration versus fear. That's great. That was one of Giant Spoon's co-founders, John Haber. Here's what really sticks out to me from this rapid fire session. I was really surprised by what John said about his obsession with ChatGPT. This is something that I would have thought that most people in the creative industry might have shied away from. I mean, you've got an AI that is coming up with ideas or suggesting things that used to be things that only humans would come up with. But John sees it as a tool, a way to get more expansive thinking, a way to come up with ideas he might not have, and a way to do it at scale. That, I think, is one of the essence of creativity, is seeing everything as a tool for getting better and for coming up with new ideas. So tell me, what's one way that you come up with new creative ideas? What's a tool that you rely on or practice you use to help be more creative? Let me know on LinkedIn using the hashtag ThisIsWorking. And if you've got a question you want to hear in these candid segments with our guests, let me know that too. You can reach me at thisisworking at linkedin.com. Thanks to our team for putting this together. My co-host Nina Melendez and I will be back next week to bring you more great takeaways. Be well and stay curious.